Today's daf is daf Pei Zion, page 87, brand new parak, the eighth parak. Let us begin, all right? Interesting daf for today. The daf is going to start out being focused on relationships. And ultimately, once we get past the first half of Omar Aleph, the rest of it is some very interesting stories. And uh, Agatha Gemara's um, concerning Klal Yisrael's relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and some incidents that happened with the prophets. But before we get there, let's not jump the gun. Let's start the Mishnah. What happens when you have a woman... And her husband, she just gets married. Her husband assumes that she's going to be part of his chabura for the carbon Pesach. Women also ate the carbon Pesach. Well, the husband doesn't really talk to his wife about it. He doesn't say, oh, honey, do you want to join in my carbon Pesach? He just assumes that when they shech the carbon Pesach, there's got to be enough for the Rebetzin. Okay. That's his assumption. We would say that's a good assumption to have. It's her first yomtiv married. Her father is bringing his carbon Pesach and he lists his daughter as a dependent on his taxes. So he figures she must be part of my carbon Pesach too. So now you have a very nice lady who's supposed to be part of a chabura for a carbon Pesach. The husband is having her in mind when he's shechting the carbon Pesach. Her father also had her in mind when he shechted the carbon Pesach. So which chabura is she actually part of? Okay? So with that in mind, let us now begin the Mishnah. A woman, while she is living in her father's house, in her husband's house, I'm sorry, is in her husband's house. So that means she's already moved in with the husband. If her husband shechted a carbon Pesach with her in mind, v'shachat aleha avia, and her father shechted, keeping her in mind. The halacha is, Teichal Mishal Bala. Her default Karbam Pesach is going to be with the husband, not with the father. Okay? Now, the reason for this, why would her father do it? So we said because he lists her as a dependent on his taxes, yeah? But really, Rashi brings down a little bit Later in the mission, okay, it's coming right up, but it seemed the minhag was, the custom was that the first yomtif after a woman would get married, she would actually go back to her parents' home for the first yomtif. So the father assumed she's going to want to be part of his chabura. That's why the father had her in mind. So you have it's the first yomtif after her marriage, the husband has her in mind, the father has her in mind, the halacha is she's part of the husband's chabura. 
Let's say she's now actually spending yomtif. It's not like they both shecht. She's actually spending yomtif with her. The first case is she's. It's their first yomtif. She's not in her father's house. The minute generally was, as we're about to see in the next case of the Mishnah, the minute generally was for her to actually go to her father's house. Over here, she's not going, but her father still had her in mind. Maybe he thought she might come, whatever it is. But she's ultimately spending yomtif with her husband. The default is the husband. Case number two of the Mishnah, however, is if she followed the custom to actually go to her father's house, then if her father shechs and her husband shechs, there's no automatic default, and she could choose. She could choose which chabura she wants to be part of. So again, halacha number one of the Mishnah is Husband shechts, father shechts. Why? Because usually the girls were coming to, the daughters were coming to him. Fine. If she's still in her husband's house, the halacha is she's automatically part of the husband's chabula. Case number two is she actually went to the father's house and each one still had her in mind. The halacha is she can choose. That is what we call the ratio of the Mishnah. Next halacha of the Mishnah. Let's say you have an orphan under the age of bar mitzvah. Okay? Or, you can even be older than that, but not be capable of running your own enterprise, so you inherited X amount of money, or animals, or whatever it is. The halacha is, Bezdin would appoint an apitropis, an overseer of the estate, to take care of it. So let's say there were two people who were overseeing the estate, and each one had in mind for the yasom, the orphan, to be part of a different carbon Pesach. The halacha is the same as the second case of the woman, yochal b'makom shorotza. The orphan could join either carbon Pesach. Ever shal shnei Let's say you have an Ever kanani. Now an Ever kanani, a non-Jewish servant, had, had to keep certain mitzvahs. Okay? So if you have a of Shutfin, of partners, Allah is Mishal He can't join either one's carbon. He can't join either one's carbon. Neither one has enough control over this Ebed Kanani to say that I have the rights to automatically make this uh, Ebed part of my carbon. And as Rashi explains, what this means is, practically speaking, if Ebed Kanani has to eat a carbon Pesach, what's he going to do? He's got to get permission. To join a particular chabura. Misha chatsi avvashav If a person is a chatsi avvan chatsi ben chayrin, meaning somebody is owned by partners, 50-50. One partner frees him. So now he's 50% owned and 50% not owned. Lo yochal mishal rabo. His master cannot shech the carbon pesach for him. He must play his own role. Because of his chetzi ben chorin, the hefen that's free, that's the part that decides um, which chabura, which group he's part of, and wherever he chooses to have his carbon pesach is going to be his place. Period. That is the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, very interestingly, going back to a, a we'll call a shas sugya that we've come across already a, a number of times since we've begun brachas, 
Says the Gemara, by the way, Shvamina, you learn from here, Yesh Breira, that you can determine something retroactively. You could decide something retroactively. Why? Because we said in the, in the beginning that when the wife is going to her father's house and the husband shechs for her and the father shechs for her, she could choose. Which means retroactively it's determining who was part of the Chabura of this Karban Pesach. She's going to later on decide that, oh, I was part of that Chabura at the time of the Shechita. Okay? So you see that Yesh Breira, the Gemara says, not necessarily Ma Raitza, what does it mean she could join in whichever one she wants? It means Bisha Shechita. At the time of Shechita, she has to decide which one she is part of. Says the Gemara, that doesn't make any sense. For Amin, I'll ask you a contradiction. A woman on the first yomtif after her marriage. The minog was, she would go to her father's house and take part of the Garban Pesach. After that yomtif, she could choose from her husband or her father. Well, this is a contradiction on our Mishnah, which says that it's no matter what. On yomtif, she could choose which one she wants to be part of. The Mishnah itself didn't say it was Davka, the first Yamtif, the Gemara says, Lokasha, Khan, Biradufa, Lelech. One's talking about a woman who gets homesick. Yeah, she's Redufa. She's always running to find an excuse to go back to her parents for Yamtif. Khan, Bisha'ina, Redufa. And the other halakha uh, is talking about a woman who's not always running to go back to her father's house. And therefore, that's the, that type of woman is assumed to be part of the husband's carbon Pesach. By default, Dixiv. Now says the Gemara. Why do we say that um, a woman, particularly, maybe a man also after he gets married wants to go back to his papa? Yeah. Why are you saying particularly a woman is interested in going and considering herself like it's natural for her to go back to her parents' home? Dixiv. It says, and this is going to lead us now on to a fascinating. I got it to Gemara. I will be in his eyes like a say shalom. Somebody who finds shalom. Shalom either means peace or shalom means completion. explains this pasuk. What does it mean? I'm going to be in the eyes like somebody who wants to be complete. Like a kala, like a daughter-in-law, a, a, brand, a, a brand new a married woman. Who is uh, the excitement of the father-in-law's house? Oh, new shidduch, this is my new daughter-in-law. And therefore, because she's the center of attention in the new family, she's so excited to run back to her house to tell her family uh, how fantastic uh, her married life is. Like it says in the Pasuk, Okay, here we go. Here we go. Hashem says to Klal Yisrael, there's going to come a day when you, Klal Yisrael, are going to call me God, your husband. Yisrael is the wife, Hashem will be the husband, and you will no longer call me master. You're going to call me honey. Okay? Amar Rabbi Echanan. Rabbi Echanan says, what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu mean? With this expression, like a kala in her father-in-law's house. But like a kala 
and not like a father, a, a kala in her father's house. Okay, meaning, there's a pasuk which says in Shir Hashirim by Shlomi Amalech that there's a young achais, a young sister, v'shadayim einla. Shadayim are breasts. Breasts are called shadayim because they generally are a source of nourishment. Okay? Whenever you find this word in Shir Hashirim, and particularly the word shadayim, it's referring to nourishment. Particularly the greatest nourishment in the world is Torah. Okay? The Torah which nourishes a person and the entire world. Rabbi Yechanan says, Zu Elam. This is talking about the area of Elam. The people of Elam learn Torah, but they are not able to teach Torah, meaning they don't give nourishment to others with their Torah. They themselves learn Torah, but the same way Shaddaiim are meant to nourish others, they don't use their Taira to nourish others. Ani What does that mean? Ani I am a wall, zu Taira. This is referring to Taira, Psachim, Pezayan, beautiful, Vishadai Kamikdalais, and my breasts are like watchtowers, meaning Elu What does it mean? It means the Taira is meant to be the watchtower. What's the purpose of a watchtower? As my father said many times, and I've said this before in Dafyemi as well, the purpose of a wall is to protect. The Torah is meant to protect. But no city is foolish enough to allow the enemy to come right up to their wall. You need a watchtower to ensure that the enemy doesn't encroach and come even close and that's what the Gzeira de Rabbanans, that's the Chachamim. The Chacham, the Torah is the Chaimah, but the Chachamim build towers on that wall, on the Torah, and they look out beyond the wall. And they say, I see that as a threat. I see that as a threat. Don't do this on Shabbos. Be careful in how you approach this. Make sure you do this. Huh? To ensure that the red line doesn't even come close. And that is, the Chachamim is referred to as Shadayim Kamados, the source of nourishment, the Chachamim of Klal Yisrael, they protect us. And that's the purpose of all the rabbinic decrees. The Rabbim Yisrael, I am a wall, not only is referring to Taira, it's also referring to Knesset Yisrael, the Shaddai Kamigdalais, and my Shadayim are like watchtowers, Elu Batek, Nesiyah Zabatek, Medrashas, these are the protection of the shuls, and the Bate Medrash. Omar Rav Zutra Bar Tovya Marav Rav Zutra Bar Tovya says the name of Rav. Ma'idich said, what's the meaning of the Pasuk? Asher Baninu Kene Ti'im Mugdalim Binurayim. They are like our children who are planted and they grow in their younger years. Binayisenu and our daughters. Kezaviyais are like corners mituvachais tavnes heichel that are perfectly formed in the Heichel of the Beis HaMikdash. Alright? What does this mean? Our young sons are like plantings that get nutrition when they're young and our daughters are like this perfectly crafted Beis HaMikdash. This is referring to the young men of Klal Yisrael. Shalai Tamu Tam Chet 
that do not taste the taste of sin. These are the besulas, the virgins of Klal Yisrael. That they close off their openings to their husbands. What does it mean they close off their opening to their husbands? This means, Rashi explains, that the women are the ones who make sure that their husbands are following the halachas of family purity. They're the ones that have the control, the self-control, to say, to tell their husbands, and the belief to all their husbands, right now is not the right time. I'll tell you when the right time is. But right now, my body, uh, right now I'm in a time of nida, and, and uh, it's not the right time. Okay? But keep in mind, the, it also said, the young men of Kala Yisrael are also tar. So it's bringing, it's bringing praise. In order to keep these laws of family purity, it does need uh, uh, goodwill and a desire on both sides of the relationship. And similarly it says, They will be filled up like the corners of the Mizbeach. That the corners are full from from zon el zon from it's zon el zon literally means from the time we have food till the time we have food, referring to the harvest and the chutabes tabdes heichal that they are perfectly crafted in the uh, in the heichal, referring to the young women, right? They're they're perfectly formed in the heichal elu va elu. This teaches us that every year, when a person does the right thing um, and is careful to ensure that their bodies remain holy, so that holiness that we keep with our bodies is as if we are building our own mikdash, our own, uh, our own sanctuary, as the verse in this week's Parsha, this week's Parsha, Parsha Shuma. The whole purpose of the Beis HaMikdash is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could dwell inside of us. And when we use us, when we use our own physical entities in ways of holiness, so that's like building the Beis HaMikdash, period. This is what Hashem said to Hashem in the days of Uziah, Yaisam, Achaz, Chizkiah, all were kings of Yehuda. Fascinating story, and I want to preface this story by saying there's a difference of opinion whether this act, this following story actually played out physically or whether it was a dream or a nevuah, a prophecy that Hashem showed Hashem in order to bring out the message. So we're about to tell a story about Heshea marrying a prostitute. And there's a discussion about whether he actually ended up marrying the prostitute, and we'll see why, or whether it was all a creation in his mind. It was an avua, because Hashem was trying to get a point directly across to him. And listen to this fascinating story. There was a time in Klal Yisrael when there were four Nevi'im, okay? The Gadol Shabakula and Heshe, the greatest prophet of this time was Heshe'ah. Shenemar Tchilas Devar Hashem Heshe'ah. Hashem always started his prophecies with Heshe'ah. V'chi Bo Heshe'ah Diber Tchilas. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? 
Is it taka true that Hashem spoke to Aisha first? What do you mean first? I mean, been, there was many prophets. From Aisha Rabbeinu down to Aisha, what do you mean first? Yeah, he's not the first prophet Hashem ever spoken to. It means in his time period, from all the four prophets that were there, Hashem, would, he was the greatest. Hashaya, Yeshaya, Amos, and Micha were the four prophets, and Hashem, the most chashuv, was Hashaya. Hashem says to Hashaya, your children, Klai. He says to the prophet of Klai, Yisrael, the greatest prophet of the time. Your Klai Yisrael is sinning. Hashaya should have said to God, uh, My kids? They're not my kids. They're your children. What do you mean my children? You chose them. They're the children of our forefathers, our patriarchs. So have Rachmanus. What are you telling me about my kids? That's what he should have said, but he didn't. Not only did Hashem not say to Hashem, they're your children. Hosea actually told Hashem, all right, if they're not worthy, maybe we should destroy them. You're, you're the one in control. Don't ask me for my opinion. If they're not acting like Gideon, so maybe uh, go get another nation. The Holy One says, HaKadosh Baruch says, How am I going to teach a message to Hesheya that that's not the proper response? Here's what I'm going to do, Hashem says. I'm going to instruct him. I'm going to instruct him. I'm going to obligate him to go marry a prostitute so that he'll have children. And when you have marry a prostitute and you got kids, you're, it's a confusing day on Father's Day because you don't know who your kid's dad is. The And Hashem says, I'm going to make a plan. He's going to marry a prostitute. And then I'm going to say to him, One day I'm going to walk over and say, You know what? Go get rid of her. And if he's able to get rid of the woman that he invested in, Then maybe he's right and I'll get rid of Kal Yisrael. As it says, Go marry a Zaina, and you're going to have children out of, uh, out of this uh, immoral, uh, you know, uh, immoral lady. And it says, Hoshea went ahead, and he took a woman whose name was Gaimer, daughter of Devarim. Amarav, Gaimer, that was really her nickname. You know why people call her Gaimer? Shakol Gaimerimba. Everybody had a complete Zenus with her. And she was called Bas Devalim, top of Amud Beis. Why was she called Bas Devalim? Because Dibara Bas Dibara. She was known as the worst of the worst. Ushmul Amr Shmuel says, She was very sweet, like a fig, in people's mouths. People, people would thresh on her like a, uh, the same way they would press figs. Another explanation is Omar of Yehuda that um, they it was costing people a lot of money. 
Ultimately, it did cost Klal Yisrael plenty. That the king of Aram ended up destroying Klal Yisrael and Klal Yisrael was tread upon. But this was the woman that Heshea, the Navi, was instructed to take. She had, they had a kid together. Hashem, we love Kroshva Yisrael. Hashem tells Heshea, this child's name is going to be Yisrael. Because I'm going to take revenge on the blood of Israel on the house of Yehu. Okay? Um, Yehu was a tremendous Russia who killed many, many Tamide Chacham. Okay? Fine. Vishbati Malchus Beisisrol and the Malchus base Israel is going to be destroyed, the, the rulership. And then Gaimer and Yoshea and and uh, yeah and uh, and no who was Yoshea? Yeah. Gaimer and Yoshea now had a daughter. By Yamer Loy, Hashem says to Yoshea, Krosh Maloy Rucham. Name her no mercy. I'm not ready to forgive them. And then she had a third child, a boy. This is not my people. You're not, Christ is not behaving appropriately. Now they've got three children. What? Why aren't you learning from Maisha Rabbeinu? Shekiva Shedibarati my Pirish Benisho. Whenever he would have a prophecy, he would separate from his wife. Afata b'doyalatzvachabimena. So too, you got to get rid of, you got to divorce her. Amar loya Sheya says you're very strong. Yeshli banami mena. I've got kids. I got kids with her. We have three children together. Be'enoni yochel etziyav ladegarsha. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm not breaking my family unit right now. I'm like others. Baruch Hu Matosh Yishtachazayna. Your wife started out being a zayna. You don't know how long she's going to remain faithful to you. You don't even know if they're for sure your kids. I know who my Yidin are. We have a long relationship. We go way back. We go way back. I've tested their forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. They're one of the four acquisitions that I acquired in this world. The Gemara is now going to list the four. One acquisition of Heavens and earth is the second acquisition of Hashem. I've acquired Shemayim Baaretz. And is also a Kenyan. This is the nation that I have acquired. And this is my acquisition. Marta, and you, Hoshea, are saying to me, Avirim Buma Cheres. I should give them up for another people. Kivan realized that he he sinned. He made a mistake in his response. So he started to daven. 
Hashem said, You want to daven for yourself? You want to do juba for yourself? Start davening for Klal Yisra. Because you didn't stand up for them, there's three decrees. So Yishaya davened and he protected Klal Yisrael. And he started to give a bracha, a blessing to Klal Yisrael. Shemrat says, "Vayim mispar bnei Yisrael kachol ayom." Klal Yisrael should be like the sand of the of the ocean. Vayim b'makom asher yomer lehem layami atem. And in the same place where where Hashem wanted to say, "You're not my people," yomer lehem bnei bnei keel chay. It's going to be said about them that they are they are, they are the eternal children of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Benikpazu bnei Yehuda bnei Yisrael yachtov and bnei Yehuda bnei Yisrael will ultimately join together. Uzrati Ali Ba'aretz, and I myself will take care of the Akadish Baruchu. I myself will take care of the Ruchama, and I will ultimately have mercy upon the people that previously had no mercy coming their way. But Amarti, and I and I'm gonna say, Lalai Ami Ami Ata, that instead of not being my nation, no, you Kla Yisrael are my nation. Period. End of that discussion, that back and forth between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Hayshaya. Okay. Next piece of Gemara, continuing on in Agadita, we said that the Hayshaya was a prophet during the time of these four kings, and there were also four prophets of his time, and Hayshaya was the greatest. Amar one statement of Rabbi Echenon is, Positions of leadership ultimately lead to those in leadership being buried. It's a killer. Because there is not a single Navi that did not outlive four kings. And that was the Pasuk that we listed with Uziah, Achaz, so on and so forth. Okay? So, says Rashi, you learn from here that you have a prophet, a Pisik, living for a very long time, but the kings... They were they, they, they were uh, falling apart one by one. Every prophet had at least four kings that he lived long. He lived longer than all their reigns. They all died out during his tenure. So you see, people in mamish and positions of leadership don't live long. Why was Yeravam ben Yehoyash? Why was he listed with the Malchei Yehuda? Okay, which seems that he was a legitimate king. Because he refused to accept Lashon Hara against Amas. Let's just talk about the story. How do you know, first of all, that he was counted amongst the kings of Yehuda? So you see that he's listed with... Uh, uh, 
He's listed with the kings of Yehuda. So he's part of that official lineage of being a legitimate king. And how do you know that Yeravam was not Mekabel Lashon Hara about the Navi Amos? It says, that there are those who are uh, who have plans against you. And it says, Amos said, Yeravam is going to end up dying. Of Omar, Yeravam said, A tzaddik like Amos is not plotting against me. Not true. I'm not Makabu. And even if he would say such a thing, you know what? He's a tzaddik. So even if he said that, who am I? <laughs> who am I? If a tzaddik says something, what are you going to say? If Chaim Kanievsky says something, alright, he said it. If he said it, so it must be, the Shekhinah is talking to him. Amar says, Even when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets angry, um, he remembers the, he remembers the Rachmanis the, to be merciful on Klal Yisrael. Where do you see that? Shanamar, as it says, Ki Rabbi Yaisi bar Rabbi Chanina Amar Mehacha ki nasai ese lohem for I shall carry them meaning I'm going to forgive Klal Yisrael. Okay? So um, this is just another statement of Rabbi Lazar and once we're listing Rabbi Lazar we're going to say another statement. Lai hegla Amar biyamar Rabbi Lazar lai hegla kadish baruchu as Yisrael lebein ha'um lebein ha'um ha'is ela kadeshi yataisu alayim giri. Very interesting Gemara. Herzachayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us out amongst the nations so that we can spread the light of Hashem to Klal Yisrael and that there should be converts. This needs explanation. Shinemar, as it says, Vizrati Ali Ba'aretz. Klom Odom Nobody is Zareyasa. Ela Lahachnes Kamakuru. When people plow, they plow a lot. So you see from here, it's referring to the little bits, not of land, but of people that will end up joining Rabbi Yechanan, Amar Mehacha, Rechamti, Esloi, Ruchama. I will have Rachmanis and those that don't have Rachmanis for you are my people. This means even people who are not members of Klai Yisrael, Rashi explains, can ultimately join as members of Klai Yisrael. So what does Rabbi Lazar mean over here? It's actually quite simple. We didn't, Kaddish Baruch Hu didn't take away the Beis HaMikdash and the Gullah so that there should be converts. That's not what it means. What it means is like this. The Beis HaMikdash is destroyed and we're sent into Gullahs. One of the gains and opportunities that we have of being in Gullahs happens to be for righteous Gentiles to now join. Because in the times of the Beis HaMikdash when Klai Yisrael is in control, we weren't accepting converts. Because it's too great to be part of Klai Yisrael. It's too easy. And we don't know if people are actually converting for their desire to be close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu or for alternative motives. Uh, for, yeah, for, because they have different agendas. Now that we are in Galus, Abelazar says, keep in mind, this is one of the perks 
that the nations of the world have been offered. Is that they now have the ability to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the Yidin, through Kla Yisrael, and ultimately join. Don't tell Lashon Hara um, to a slave, uh, about a slave, to a, or don't to a master, because he might curse you. Uksiv, and it says, This is a dar, a generation, that the fathers are cursed, and the mothers don't have blessings. Alright, what's going on? Don't speak bad to a master because there's a people where, where uh, the, the fathers are cursed and the mothers don't have brachas. What in the world's going on? Says the Gemara, Even in a generation where people have no respect and they curse their fathers and they have nothing good for their mothers, even in such a generation, make sure not to speak Lashon Hara about a master to the Adon, to the master. Who's that? Kaddish Baruch Hu. Meaning, even when we're in Gullus and doing Averis and sinning, and there's no Kibbut Ava'im, and you have a deterioration, and Klai Yisrael looks like it's, God forbid, in a pathetic shape, don't say to Hashem, you know what? The Jewish people are terrible. Never say that. Menolon may Hashem. Agus Baruch said to Hashem, "What should I do?" Klai Yisrael sinning. Hashem says, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> and Hashem says, "Yeah, you know. You got nothing good to say about them." Rav Pam, Zechariah Lebracha, the Rishiv of Tarvedas. Whenever he would hear people, when people would come to him, he was the God of Adar. He was one of the Gedolei Adar. People would come to him for Eitzes about everything and anything. He couldn't listen to people coming to him, kvetching about what's going on in Klal Yisrael. And he would say, I know these conversations need to happen. I don't want to be part of it. Because the same way a parent may know that a child is doing the wrong thing, but they don't want to hear that in conversation. Whenever people have these conversations with me, the Shekhinah leaves the room. I don't need to be in a room where there's no Shekhinah. When people start bashing Klal Yisrael, oh, you know this going on, you know what that's going on, you know what that's going on, you know what wants to hear this, he leaves. He knows what's going on, he doesn't need to hear this, he leaves. I don't need to hear it either. You want to go talk about it, talk about it in somebody else's house, not in my house. Even when you have a generation that has disintegrated to such an extent, the response is not, ugh, pathetic, or whatever. No, We're, our, our obligation is to find that silver lining and to find the good that exists on behalf of Klal Yisrael. Amr Ravashiya says, Might say what's meaning the Pasuk that says, they will count the breached walls of Kla Yisrael. This means that Kaddish Baruch Hu does Tzidkus with Kla Yisrael. That our walls were breached 
and now we are scattered amongst the nations of the world. And this is what there was a apikiris, a non-believer, who says, I am better than you. It says about you, First six months, you're going to sit over there. Okay? This is talking about when the uh, people of Edom were uh, conquering Klal Midi. When the Goyim are taken captive by the Yidin, so it's difficult after only a short amount of time. But you, Klal Yisrael, you've been here for thousands of years and you're still in existence. So we're nicer than you. Okay? He says, if you want, if you want, I'll have one of my Talmidim, one of my students, answer you. They have a Misa. Um, I forgot which Godel it's with. You can make up any name you want. It's one of those stories. He was uh, being driven from shtetl to shtetl by a wagon driver. And everywhere he went, everywhere he went, the, every shtetl they came to, the whole town would come out, men, women, and children with their trumpets and their singing and dancing. They all want to get a glimpse of the godel to give him such covet. And the wagon driver, no one even notices him. So after a few towns, the wagon driver starts kvetching. And he says, it's not fair. I'm taking you everywhere. We're going town to town. Everybody comes and uh, they give you all the cover. They hear you're coming and uh, I'm a Pasha the wagon driver. I'm a Balagala. Yeah? yeah. Why do you get all the cover? I should, I should get something too. I should get some, uh, some cover as well. So the Godel says to him, um, you know, I, I hear if, if you want to sit in back and let me drive, you could put on my rubbish uh, thing and, and they'll give you COVID if it makes you feel good. The guy says, yeah, 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 make, that'll be great. So the rabbi goes to the front and uh, he puts his big fur mink coat on the balagola. He sits in back. They come to the next shelter. When it comes out, there's, there's no Facebook or Twitter. You know, they don't know what the rabbi looks like. You see the balagola, oh, you know, everybody starts uh, dancing. Um, you know, uh, you know, around the balagola, around the wagon driver. Fine. It comes time. They walk him into the shul. They sit there and say, oh, Rebbe, we have a Shaila. We haven't been able to figure out the Shaila for about 13 years. Finally, we have a Talmud Chacham. They ask him a world-class Shaila. Wagon driver sitting there. The Pasha doesn't know. He's like, you know, you think 13 years you've been... Such a simple question. You should ask my wagon driver for the answer. (laughs) Even my wagon driver can answer you, you know. So he says, he, the Gemara says that the men, the Apikairis, says, says, oh, I got this question. But he just says, you want an answer? I'm not going to answer you. Go ask one of my Talmidim. Yeah, go ask one of the Talmidim. Okay. So he says to him, Ravashia in the end was metapa with him. 
So Rabbi Shia was the Talmud, Rabbi Hanina was the Rebbe, and Rabbi Hanina says to Rabbi Shia's Talmud, you go answer the Apikairis. Okay. Omar Lei. Mishom he says that the reason why Klal is around while we're in Gullus and you haven't destroyed us is because you don't know how to get rid of us. If you're going to say that you should kill out every Jew, okay, first of all, you don't know who every Jew is. So there's no way to ultimately get rid of every Jew. You don't know where we are, what we're doing, who's not Jewish, who is Jewish. You got no clue what's going on. My Deika Gabayu. And if you want to kill the Jews that you know about, Kari Lechu Malchusa Ketiyasa. So then you're scared of your public relations department. The public relations department is going to look bad if you just kill us for no good reason. Amarlei Gapa Drumai. That he says, you know, I want to tell you that in Rome, what you're saying is the very issue why we can't get rid of you guys. Because we want to, but because of uh, international pressure and because of PR, we're just not sure how to go about getting rid of Klau Yisrael. Period. Tony Rebchia. Understood the derech, the path, and he knew where she was. That we're not able to handle all of the harsh decrees, the harsh decrees of Edom. It would be too much for Klal Yisrael to handle. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us into Golos elsewhere. Meaning, even when we're in Golos, there's a cheshben. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has an exact calculation. We're in Golos, we should be for that era. If Klaisol needs to be in the United States of America to survive, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will send us all to the United States of America. If we need to be in Europe, we'll be in Europe. Even within Golos, there's exact cheshbenness about our location. V'yomar of Elazar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we went to Bavel because it is Amuka, it is deep, Kishael, it is a very low uh, a low area. Shail literally is a grave. Shinamar, as it says, from Shail, from the graves, I will redeem them. The reason why we were sent to Bavel is because the language of the people in Bavel is is uh, similar to Lashon Kaidesh, and people's language allows familiarity, allows us to be a little more comfortable. So it's kind of like a little kiss from Hakadosh Baruch Hu that we went to Bavel. It wasn't as as much of a shock to be amongst the people of Bavel because they they at least spoke a language similar to Lashon Kaidesh. says the reason we went to Bavel. I'm sorry, not to the house of a craftsman, is because we're going to go back to the home of our mother. What does it mean, the home of our mother? So Rashi says, Bavel was by Orkastim. Orkastim is where Avram Avinu grew up. And therefore, Bavel was 
already in the genes, so to speak, of Kal Yisrael. It's a parable to somebody who got upset at his wife. They can't live in the same house. So where are they going to live? The Beisima, first place that a woman will go back to after separating from a husband is her mother's house. There are three things that went back to their mataton, went back to their original uh, place where uh, Natiya is to be planted. Okay? So they went back to where they were planted, Eluhain, and these are Yisrael, by going back to Babel, Kesef Mitzrayim, the money of Mitzrayim. Okay, the Mitzrim took all the money from the Yidin and we ended up taking it back after working for those hundreds of years. Uksav Luchais and the writings of the Luchais. What do you mean? Yisrael Hadamar and the Kla Yisrael, we know where we went back. We went back to Orkastim, we went back to Babel. Kesef Mitzrayim, the Chsev, the money of Mitzrayim of Egypt, as it says, Vayhi Bashana Hamishas, the Melech Rechava, Malav, She Yishak Velech Mitzrayim al Yerushalayim was in the fifth year of Rechavam of Shisha, of Shishak. Who went? Uh, who fought Yerushalayim? Ksav aluchais dechsev va'ashabrem le'einechem, and I will break them in front of your eyes. Tana, we learned luchais nishbru va'isiyos parches. Only the stone tablets were broken, but the letters that were in the luchais flew back up to Shemayim, so they went back to their original place. Ula Amar Ula says kedesha yoichlu. The reason why we went back to Babel is tomorrow's daf now so that the Kaisal can eat tomorrow, we'd be able to eat dates, which Rashi says there's a lot of date palm trees in Bavel, the Yasku Betaira, and since there'll be a lot of dates in Bavel, a person will be able to spend their time learning Taira. Last piece, uh, just to finish off this idea, a quick story, Ula Iklu Pompadisa, Ula came to Pompadisa, which was in Bavel, they brought him a, 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 a basket of dates. How much are do these? How much do, do these uh, dates cost? Three, three of these for one zuz. Three baskets for a zuz. Yeah, he says I understand. Honey costs a zuz. And I don't understand why the people in Bavel aren't sitting and learning Torah. It's, it's so cheap to get food, and there's so much to satiate ourselves. Why are people going to work? What are they going to earn money for? You got food on the table. Where are they running to? Belalia Tsariu. So, um, the that night Tsariu he had a lot of tsar from eating the dates. And Amar he said Melayit Sana Sama Demaisa. <laughs> this that I thought was so gavaldic actually is uh, giving me uh, stomach issues. So uh, I ended up paying not for food, but for a stomachache. And now I'm surprised how anybody in Bubble can actually learn Torah. Before I was surprised why they weren't learning Torah. But now that I see that what, what the dates of Bubble are doing to people's bodies, now I'm surprised that anybody's even able to learn with all of the 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 shvach the the week dates that they that they have here. Okay, we'll pick it up from here. Bezem tomorrow evening. We'll start from the Omar Rebbe Alazar.